Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. Today's passage is Numbers 3 and 4. Have you ever had to guard something? Now, if you were ever in the military, well, it's a high chance perhaps you you did actually have the responsibility to guard a certain location, to make sure no one got through, to uh, make sure that the enemies didn't get somewhere. And as we are talking about the book of Warriors, well, most people call it numbers, but let's call it Warriors to give us that idea Uh, It makes sense that you're going to need people to guard someplace. But even if you weren't in the military, if you've ever played sports many times, whether it's basketball or football, part of it is you're guarding something or someone, whether guarding the basket, guarding the quarterback. Uh, If you've ever played capture the flag, you guard the flag. You need to guard something that is important. Well, what we're going to see today is that word guard used a lot, and it's going to be the responsibility of the Levites and of the priests to do the guarding here. And what are they guarding? Well, they're guarding the tabernacle. Uh, The attention here just changes focus to the sons of Aaron. And it talks about in verse six, bring the tribe of Levi near and set them before Aaron, the priest that they may minister to him. They shall keep guard over him and over the whole congregation before the tent of meeting as they minister at the tabernacle. So here, this tribe is guarding over Aaron, guarding the congregation. And then if we go to the end of our or towards the end of this opening section in verse uh, 38, it says, Those who were to camp before the tabernacle on the east, before the tent of meeting toward the sunrise, were Moses and Aaron and his sons guarding the sanctuary itself to protect the people of Israel. So there's a sense of protecting the tabernacle, protecting Aaron, but there's also a sense of they're camping on the east. That's where the entrance of the tabernacle was. And they're camping there to protect the people of Israel. In chapter 2, you see the layout of all the tribes on the various sides of the tabernacle. In chapter 3, you see that the different parts of the tribe of Levi would camp also kind of in an inner circle around the tabernacle with Aaron and Moses and his sons there at the east um, guarding the entrance to the tabernacle. So as we think through that, I want you to notice the word guard, and that's where I want to draw maybe the main thought for you to think about today. Again, if we if we look at this passage and we're getting into some of the nitty gritty of the organization of the tabernacle, we don't want to you know just spiritualize everything and try to find some hidden meaning in every little instruction. We want to look at the big picture. We want to look at what God's intention was, and clearly God had an intention to guard the people and to guard the tabernacle. And there's just a couple things that I want us to think through as as you read through this passage today with this idea of guarding. One, and we talked about this a lot in Leviticus, is now you have more access to God. We mentioned this so many times in Leviticus where it was limited to one person, the high priest, one day a year to go in 
to the most holy place. But when Christ dies on the cross, the veil of the temple is torn. And we looked at a lot of cross references in Hebrews, talking about what Christ has done for us. Uh, We talked about this new and living way. That's something to keep in mind as you continue reading. Uh, Even here in Numbers, you have access to God. Is that something you worship God for? Is that something you live in the light of? I think again of Hebrews 10, where it talks about drawing near uh, in full assurance of faith with hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Uh, We can approach God in full assurance because of the access that we have to God. Part of the reason the priests are there is so that not any old Israelite will just wander into the tabernacle. Well, now here's the thing. You all are welcome in Christ, our great high priest who has opened the way for us. However, the second thing, you you have more access to God, but, but the second thing here is you still can't come to God in the wrong way. You still have to approach God on his terms. That idea has not changed in the New Testament. And now we see the terms are not coming with the blood of animals and and sacrifices and this washing of water. It's coming through the blood of Jesus Christ. So there still only is one right way in which to approach God. And another thing you need to notice that it is baked into this passage. Do you remember what happened to Aaron's sons right when they, they commissioned and dedicated the whole tabernacle? They were struck down and were reminded of that. It gives their names, Nadab and Abihu, here at the beginning of chapter 3. And then in verse 4, it says, But Nadab and Abihu died before the Lord when they offered unauthorized fire before the Lord in the wilderness of Sinai. And they had no children. So Eleazar and Ithamar served as priests in the lifetime of Aaron, their father. So you see, these two sons of Aaron were struck down because they offered unauthorized fire. They did not approach God according to his terms. So those are the two main thoughts I want you to think about with numbers three and four today. You now have access to God. It is more accessible than it was here in this time. But here's the thing. You still can't access God the wrong way. You still have to access God according to his terms. So let's just fly over some of the details uh, of this passage. It starts to divide here uh, the different parts of the tribe of Levi. And what's going on with the tribe of Levi? Well, one thing you'll see today is they are replacing the firstborn. When the 10th plague comes, remember that in Exodus, it's the death of the firstborn of the Egyptians. The Israelites are spared because of the Passover. They put the blood of the Passover lamb around their doors and their house is passed over. But later in Exodus, God says, hey, the firstborn are going to be mine. The firstborn are going to be dedicated to my service. Now God is saying, we're going to swap the the whole tribe of Levi for the firstborn. And you even see at the end of chapter three, there's a redemption. The number of firstborn versus the number of Levites is off by almost 300 people. So there is a redemption given uh, to, to make that all square. But now it's not the firstborn that will be dedicated to the service of God. It is the Levites. And it divides the Levites into uh, a few 
groups. First, it talks about the sons of Gershon, and it talks about their responsibilities, and it really revolves around the tabernacle, uh, its covering, its screen, uh, the altar, all of these things. But then you get to the Kohathites, and their guard duty involved the ark, the table, the lampstand, the altars, uh, and those things. And then you get to Merari, and his descendants, well, they're... uh, have the responsibility of the frames of the tabernacle, the bars, the pillars, the bases. And some of this I connect with having led a church that's been a mobile church for over five years now. You need different roles on the setup and the teardown team because the tabernacle was a mobile temple. So these people have to have these roles and it spells out these responsibilities even more at what they're supposed to do when the camp sets out in chapter four. But notice again, the care of the holy things chapter four, verse 20, but they shall not go in to look on the holy things, even for a moment, lest they die. So I want us to think rightly in light of that. Um, it's not as if the character of God has changed to where God no longer takes holiness seriously? No, he still does. But now we can approach God through the holiness of Christ as our sacrifice, not through these ceremonies. But the the continuity remains, we have to approach God on his terms. And even as we think about Nadab and Abihu being consumed by the Lord, I I thought of Hebrews 12, another cross-reference in Hebrews, therefore let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, and let us offer to God acceptable worship with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. Those would be some good things to take away for you to think about applying today. Worship God for the access you have to him, but also seek to apply to your life. Am I offering to God acceptable worship? First and foremost, it's only going to be acceptable if you are in Christ. If you have put your faith in Christ and through him, you have access to God. There's no access to God in any other way. But here we're reminded there's also an attitude that God is looking for an attitude of reverence and awe. And that should be there, you know, when we think about singing with our church as a matter of worship, but that needs to be there in our everyday lives. We approach God with reverence and awe at giving him the respect, the honor, the fear that he and only he deserves. Thanks for digging into God's word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out revivalfromthebible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to compassbible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.